Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I would like to serve a litia for the departed mark for Metropolitan Callistos, where we repose. Um, trying to translate British time to American time. So, in the past 24 hours, Metropolitan Callistos, where passed. So, I'd like to serve a litia for him in just a moment. Metropolitan Callistos, where. If you want to take a seat, you can sit down for a moment. For those encountering orthodoxy in the English-speaking world, I would say 15 years ago, but definitely 20 years plus, if you encountered orthodoxy 20 years ago or so, there wasn't a whole lot in English to read about orthodoxy. You might scratch your head because there's quite a lot more orthodox books available now. Uh, but if you did encounter orthodoxy about 20 years ago, more often than not, you are handed a book by Timothy Ware, who is Metropolitan Clisos Ware in the church. When you are ordained or you are tonsured, uh, you are given a new name. So, Metropolitan Clisos Ware for the English-speaking world, not only through popular works, I mean, an orthodox, a book on orthodoxy from Penguin Press is that's quite popular, the Orthodox Church, and then you have, of course, the Orthodox Way, but especially Metropolitan Clisos Ware, because he had a chair at Oxford, he taught many of the English-speaking uh, professors at seminaries and throughout the world. Uh, you have, from St. Vladimir's Seminary, you had Father John Baird didn't have him as a dissertation director, if I remember correctly, but you basically have a global network of scholars because of Metropolitan Clisos Ware. And we especially, I know for many of us, I know for myself, he was that introduction. You were like, what is this Orthodox Church? And you pick, oh, a book called The Orthodox Church, The Orthodox Way. And his influence, uh, especially, I remember listening to many of his talks uh, I'm sure if you go on Ancient Faith Radio and just put in Clisto Square, you can pull up many of them when he was still uh, in a better state of health than he has been in the past few years. We make a lot of trips here and give many talks. What was kind of great about many of the talks is you realize if you listen to about two or three of them that you've heard his two or three jokes and that he maybe didn't catch up that if you're being recorded, maybe you needed to come up with some new jokes, but they were still funny. Uh, one of the best ones was about him uh, lecturing. He's lecturing, lecturing. He, he thinks to himself, what is that boring voice that I hear? And then he's starting to nod off. And then he realizes that it's himself that is putting himself to sleep. Uh, that was one of his jokes that he liked to. But with Metropolitan Clisos, where we also have uh, the death of a hierarch, of a bishop of the church, and we commemorate and celebrate today Bartholomew and Titus. Bartholomew, the one who was the great encourager, and Titus, whom we actually have an epistle from Paul in the New Testament. And it is especially in the responsibility and duty of the bishop of the church to have the role of teaching. As we heard in the um, Traparia for Titus, there, that he, as a co-worker with Paul, taught the doctrine of God, 
And so when these commemorations come up, say Timothy, Titus, uh, other saints of the church, even if it's not, but especially even if it's not on the lectionary, I encourage you, go find that book, especially if you get a prophet like we had the prophet Samuel a while back. Go back and read through the life of the prophet Samuel. Titus, I want to draw attention to what Paul commended to Titus. This is in Titus chapter 3. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Paul recapitulating the entire gospel. And it's helpful in reading these little snippets, especially from the pastoral epistles, because Paul likes to drop in basically a little summary of the gospel, and then because of that, we should live in this way. But to find ourselves, to think about ways in which we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, what lusts we served, what pleasures we served, how we lived in malice or envy, how we had hate within our heart, how we hated others. And then, once you think before, then you might have to think now. In what ways am I still enraptured in my foolishness? Do I still love to be disobedient? Do I enjoy my deceptions, serving my lusts and pleasures, living in malice, envy, and hate? But to then be reminded of the kindness and love of God who did not leave us in that state, but of his own initiative, of his own grace towards us, came and showed us a different way. Paul continues, this is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, because Paul is writing to a bishop. He's writing to a pastor. So he says, this is a faithful saying, and I want you to constantly affirm this, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. It's an interesting way of saying this. Constantly remind and tell the faithful to be careful to maintain good works. Not just encourage them to do good works, but to be careful to maintain good works. Part of this is because, as we are wont, he continues, but avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. Instead of the good work that God gives us to do, many of us are drawn to foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law. 
Now, part of the, what he's saying about genealogies, if you read in the broader Second Temple Jewish literature, there's all sorts of debates about genealogies, whether or not we have the day of sacrifice correct, and it's just, you can just, I've got two large books. <laughs> That's just all of this arguing. It's not that it's not important, but it is something that provides division, and it's really not the goal. Jesus didn't come down for us to have a bunch of debates about stuff. He came down to save us from ourselves so that we can be careful to maintain good works. Paul gets a little stronger even. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. Whew. Reject. Two, three, this is the third strike. You're out, right? One admonition, second admonition, third strike, you're out. Because if you, instead of being careful to maintain good works, keeping in line with apostolic teaching and apostolic praxis and practice, you're going to end up spending your time, your energy on foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, striving about the law, Warped. You, you can't even see straight. So let us, especially on these Wednesday evenings as we commemorate on Thursdays throughout the year as a day set aside for the Apostles, let us remember and ask for the prayers of the Apostles Bartholomew and Titus, for the prayers of Bartholomew as the great encourager, that we seek others to encourage and ask for his prayers to have be encouraged, and to Titus, that we be careful to maintain good works, that we don't lose the path of what God has actually given to us, because we think that we're talking about religious things, but we're really just striving after things that are beyond us, or not really what we're supposed to spend our time and energy, our heart energy on. And let's especially remember Metropolitan Callistos where, as he had his apostolic duties given to him as a bishop, rightly dividing the word of truth as we remember every liturgy for our Metropolitan and our Archbishop, that we uh, pray for him as he begins his transition to the next life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.